The passage from John that Jeff just read um, is kind of like an arraignment in a courtroom. The, the accused appears before the judge. Jesus is the accused. Pilate is the judge. You know, often the first question is, who are you? What is your name? You know, Pilate says, you know, are you a king? And then the, the next question is, what did you do? The judge asks the accused, what did you do? So Pilate's trying to figure this out as, as a judge would. What's interesting in this exchange between Pilate and Jesus is that Jesus turns the tables and starts asking questions of Pilate, which is really not good form in a courtroom. You know, it's like, where were you on the night of December 1st? Well, where were you? You know, it's, it's just not done in a courtroom. The judge asks, the accused answers. But Jesus, you know, turns and says, you know, did you say this of your own accord or did others tell you to say this? It's like he's questioning Pilate's freedom. You know, he's, he's kind of turned the tables. You know, Pilate as the judge should be the one that's in charge. But Jesus, by, by asking the questions, kind of takes charge. This uh, question and answer period between Jesus and Pilate then gets into a discussion of the truth. You know, Jesus says, I came to bear witness to the truth. Those who belong to the truth will hear my voice. And Pilate then says, well, what is truth? Then he leaves the room without waiting for an answer. Now, when Jesus says, I came to testify to the truth and those who belong to the truth hear my voice, I was ready to ask Jesus myself, if I were in the jury, well, what is truth, Jesus? And Pilate beats me to it. Pilate asks the question that I think we're all asking. What is truth? So what can we say about truth in 2018? Truth um, is relative in most people's thinking. What's true in one culture might not be true in another culture. Uh, truth is shaped by by situation, by context, by tradition. I was told this week that this text, if it were preached on in another church, would be approached differently. And another minister in another church would have a different kind of truth for his or her congregation. Sometimes said that we live in a post truth society. We've been told that truth isn't truth. There has been discussion of alternate truth. There's discussion of fake news and lies. And lying is a way of denying people the truth. You know, politicians talk about spin, where the truth can be spun and 
person can be made look good after they've done something stupid. Stephen Colbert talks about truthiness. If a lie is told frequently enough, it becomes truth in effect. And there's always Jack Nicholson to remind us that we can't handle the truth anyway. With the invention of each new form of communication, people have always hoped that the truth would be spread. The hope with the printing press was that more people would have the truth. The hope with radio, more people would have access to the truth. With TV, more people would have access to the truth. With social media, more access to the truth. We would be better informed as citizens. We would be better uh, voters, and democracy would be enhanced. Of course, with each form of communication, the potential for lying was increased. So we're not sure what the truth is anymore. So Pilate asks the question, what is truth? Well, in good Jesus fashion, I want to turn the tables and say, Pilate, what is truth to you? There was a Latin saying at the time that said to the philosophers, all religion is false. To the common people, all religion is true. And to the politicians, all religion is useful. I think the same could be said pretty much of the truth to the politician. All truth is useful. I'm not sure Pilate cared that much about the truth. After all, he asked Jesus the question and then left the room, didn't wait for an answer. I'd say for Pilate, the truth was what worked, what was effective, what was efficient, what kept the peace, what kept the people quiet, what kept them under control. The truth might be, you know, the power to keep people silent. The truth might be the power to collect taxes. The truth might be the power to crucify somebody who was in irritation and a, and a rebel. The truth might be violence, it might be lying, it might be manipulation. It might actually be the truth sometime. But it was whatever worked for Pilate. And in that kind of atmosphere, Pilate's kingdom and the citizens he wanted would reflect that. It would be citizens who were easy to control, who didn't cause any trouble. Then we ask the question of Jesus, what is truth? There's a kind of an irony going on asking Jesus what is truth. 
He said earlier in John, I am the truth. So you have this situation where Pilate looks at Jesus, looks at the truth, and says, what is truth? He's kind of tone deaf here. He doesn't see the forest for the trees. He's looking at truth and saying, what is truth? Have you ever had that experience of explaining something to somebody and doing it as clearly as you can? And the person looks at you blankly and says, I don't get it. And they ask you the same question again and you think, I can't say it any better. Don't you get it? Jesus has shown by his life what the truth is. If Pilate doesn't get it, there's nothing Jesus can say. For Jesus, the truth is not a sum of sentences. The truth is a life. And Jesus showed by his life what the truth is. When, when we see Jesus accepting the Syrophoenician woman, a Gentile, an outsider, we see the truth. When we see Jesus forgiving the woman taken in adultery, we see the truth. When we see Jesus redeeming Zacchaeus and bringing him back into the fold, we see the truth. When we see him welcoming the children, we're seeing the truth. For Jesus, the truth is living truthfully. Both Pilate and Jesus as rulers, this is Christ the King Sunday where we celebrate the kingship of Christ, both Pilate and Jesus as rulers wanted people to listen to their voice. Pilate wanted people to listen to his voice for his sake. Jesus wanted people to listen to his voice for their sake. And there's a world of difference between the two. Pilate wanted people to listen to his voice for his sake. He wanted them to be obedient and make life easy for him. Sometimes we want our kids to be obedient to make life easy for us. Pilate wanted people to listen to his voice and serve him to do what he wanted. Jesus wanted people to listen to him for their sake. He didn't want them to serve him. He wanted to serve them. And in the reading from Hebrews talks about the king who loves. 
the king who serves, the king who sacrifices, the king who is willing to go all the way for his kingdom. Jesus wanted people to listen to his voice because he wanted them to fulfill the purpose of their creation. The truth of something is it aligning with the purpose for which it was created. The truth of a chair is the purpose for which it was created, to sit on. If I pick up one of these choir chairs and hit Chris over the head with it, I am not using the chair truthfully. The purpose, the truth of a pencil, is to write with it. If I use it to jab you, I'm not using it truthfully. The purpose of a sidewalk is to walk on it, to throw beer cans and junk food wrappers on it, to treat it like a wastebasket, is using it untruthfully. For Jesus, the truth of a human being was for them to live the purpose for which they were created. So the truth of a human being was to be loved, was to be forgiving, was to be merciful, was to share. When one was violent, when one was hateful, when one was unforgiving, when one was exclusive, one was living untruthfully. At the end of this passage in John, Jesus says, I came to testify to the truth. Those who belong to the truth hear my voice. Live truthfully. My kingdom is not of this world. Now it's easy to take that and say, well, Jesus' kingdom is life after death and it doesn't have anything to do with this world. That's not what he's saying. He's saying my kingdom has a different set of values. And my kingdom is very real in this world. But the set of values for my kingdom is love and forgiveness and mercy and generosity and inclusion. Those are the values of my kingdom. I don't have the values that Pilate has. Jesus, as the king, is yearning for people who will live truthfully and thereby become fully alive and fully human because they're living for the purpose for which they are created.
In Christ's kingdom, we don't use that language. But isn't that what we're looking for? Aren't we looking for truthful living? Aren't we looking for people who live in a truthful way for the purpose for which they're created, where their life is in sync with love and civility and generosity and forgiveness, where others are not treated as others? So when we see somebody helping a child We're seeing a citizen of the kingdom living truthfully. When we see somebody welcoming the stranger, we're seeing a citizen of the kingdom living truthfully. When we see somebody who's generous, we see somebody living truthfully. It doesn't have to be profound and it doesn't have to be big. When I walk Ellie and Sophia up the aisle here after they were baptized. This section has kind of become our kids' section. You know, it's for parents and children. And it was neat to walk with them up this aisle because several of the kids and the parents looked at them and went, yes, yes, good for you, good for you. And I thought, that's what you do in a church. You share love. Good for you, Ellie and Sophia and Isabella. God loves you. And a true human being delights in that and shares that joy. Good for you, girls. Good for you. You're part of God's kingdom where people live truthfully and share that love with others. May it be so. Amen.